When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yes, sir. Welcome back to another episode of Trap and Die Podcast. Man, I'm your host, Molly Mo, Coach Mo, Yak Mo, in here today. <laughs> uh, listen, man, welcome back to another episode. Uh, Dre is in here. Uh, AJ's loading up. He'll be in here shortly. Uh, Dre, what's the temperature like, man? You you, you didn't recover from a, a rough weekend, bro? Well, I mean, I'm recovering. I'm still trying to shake this little cold I had, but goddamn, I'm still trying to shake that damn 37-3 out, you know, as well, oh, man. Lord. That shit was crazy. I'm still, I don't know, bro. <laughs> well, that's that's what we're here for, man. Aftermath, we we closing the book on, on week three, but we, we got some things to discuss before we move on to the Philadelphia Eagles. I just wiped some lotion in my eyes, bro, and my eye is burning like hell. Oh, my goodness. Um, Yeah, man, it's it wasn't – there was no – I mean, how do I say this without – there wasn't a lot going on in that game where you look at it and you're saying um, – even even on the, on the replay, film-wise, film, film wise, there was there was I had so many red highlights on the play by plays, bro. I was like, oh my goodness, bro. And and I I don't know um if you can really see a game moving forward that's gonna be as bad as that. I don't know. I'm not gonna sit here and put in the atmosphere and saying that it's never gonna happen, but it was it was that low, and, and I'm like, let me go ahead and get the fellas in my bed. But it was it was that low or or that bad to the point where I'm like I don't know if you can really sit here and say that that'll happen again. Um, but let me go ahead and get the fellas in here. Linnell and AJ is checking in. Boom, there we go. Um, how should I do? How do I do this? No, that was a mistake. All right, there we go. All right, it's gonna work like this. Fellas, Linnell, AJ, man, what's going on with y'all? At, on, at, at, at the airport, right. where you about to go, bro? You going, up, you going back to Columbia, bro? Hey, you got a problem, man. You addicted. No, nah, <laughs> nah, I got a, I had a connection here, and then my flight got delayed, so I don't leave until tomorrow. So, okay. uh, Drake got look at you. Look, you know, <laughs> <Stay> <laughs> we need, we need, we need you with it now, Linnell. <laughs> Yeah, bro, you got you got to catch up with the game, bro. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow, I'm the only one without it. That's crazy. No, no, AJ, AJ usually come empty-handed all the time. Well, just know, <laughs> hey, what's just going know, on? Just know, just know, I'm meeting y'all there. <laughs> all right, man, I, I hear you. What's going on with you, player? I appreciate everybody checking in. Make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Uh, if you are brand new, uh, if you are listening on the, the the audio side, make sure you hit that follow as well, so you can stay tuned with every update, every episode. 
uh, hit a rate and review if you haven't done so. We definitely appreciate those as they come in. Um, but yeah, now nah, Dre went but before you all got in. Dre was like, he I asked him if he was still sick. He had a little rough day this or a rough weekend. Um, but his his main thing was really uh that 34 point beat down by Buffalo had him sick to his stomach more than anything. Um, Nail, I'm gonna get you in first, man. What I remember you saying because I listened, I listened to the pregame a little bit, so on the radio. So was it you or was it JP Finley? I they was definitely on the radio, but I, I could I, maybe you said it too, so I'll just say it. You was like you you don't see a blowout out, coming out of this game. Like that was one of the, the results that you didn't see happening with this game. Um I didn't think it was I, possible. I'll give you this. What what is the, the thing that, that most surprised you about the performance from Washington's side? And I guess we'll go to the bigger picture later, but what was what was the thing that, that really surprised you? Do I, I got two, but hey, go for it. First of all, the just the, the, the turnovers reoccurring again and that being something that, that happened. I thought that was like a week one anomaly, something that we weren't going to see. But for, for them to turn the football over, you have a little margin of error with the way the team is built. Did y'all just sip the turnover? What was that? What was that? <laughs> that what was crazy just now. But, um, but yeah, was- they, they turned the ball over too much. I was, I was shocked by that. I didn't expect to see that. And then defensively, uh oh, I bet. Well, you on mute now. You back, but you on mute. The way the, the way the way like the dam just kind of broke at that at like like that fourteen minute mark when Gibson fumbled, and it kind of felt like they quit at the end of the game. And it's hard for me to like go out and say that. Like I feel bad saying it because like I know they grown men. They plan for their their livelihood basically. So to say they quit is kind of crazy. But like you you know what I mean. Like y'all saw it. People were calling in to the post game show saying it. There's just no way you were down sixteen nothing for like 46 minutes of this game. And then all of a sudden it ends up 37 to three. I, w- I was disappointed in just the way they finished. You know, it, it was kind of, it, it, it was tough for me, man. It was tough. Dre, um, as you watched it and, and as you had time to dissect it uh, up until 7 PM on a Tuesday evening in which we're doing the show, what was some of the things that, that stood out to you that was kind of surprising for the worst or, or on, on the bad side. What what most surprised you out of this this performance? I mean, I'm with Flanell with the turnovers, man. It was just, I mean, there were bad turnovers, especially Sam Howell. I mean, Sam Howell's interceptions were, I mean, I expected him to have rough moments and rough games, but some of the stuff you've seen in this game, it was just really discouraging in a sense. It was like, why are you doing that? I mean, like almost every interception was just a really bad decision. Like, you couldn't blame it on the receivers or, you know, batted balls. But, again, I mean, we can't be too down on him because he can come right back out, bounce back, and show that he learned something from it. So I don't want to get too down on this performance. But, I mean, from the offense as a whole, it was just really discouraging, man, because it was like nothing worked. <laughs> and we were just flat out <laughs> outcoached all over the field. I mean, it was yeah. like buff- yeah, that, and that, that's what was so discouraged because I'm like, how do you come back next week against the Eagles? I mean, of all teams, it's not like you're coming back with, you know, kind of a game where you could you feel like you're better than the team you're going against. But you're going against another team that's built just like Buffalo in a sense that this is one of the top teams. And this was supposed to be the measuring stick, as Ron uh, Rivera had said throughout the week. But we didn't measure nowhere near up to this team. So as a fan, it just feels like going forward. I don't know if I feel encouraged going into this Eagles game this week. Man, I, I think – let me go ahead. I'm going to start with the defensive side of the ball, bro. Um, I think what really got to me was I feel like – and I probably – I'm admittedly saying that I'm probably going to use the wrong word here, but um, I, I feel like they got starstruck. Um, I, I think that they oh, saw no. okay, Ron. <laughs> I, th- I think that they saw Josh <laughs> Allen, bro, and like they they wanted to they wanted to do all these like new things that was outside of what they usually do, and it backfired. Like you have, I ain't never seen Deron Payton dropping 
dropping the coverage as much as he did against the Buffalo Bills. Like, why do you got one of your best pass rushers and Deron Payne dropping in the coverage off your 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 disguised pressures and things like that? That doesn't make any sense to me. Like, you want him rushing Josh Allen. You want him trying to penetrate in between those center and guard gaps. I don't understand why you would even do anything like that. Then, now we talked about this on the phone. The the first chance you had to get at Josh Allen, the 30-yard bomb to Stephon Diggs, you, you got Montez Sweat, like, beelining straight to Josh Allen, and he, he freezes, and he jumps, and, and he jumps in the air, leaves his feet, stop moving. And at the at the very least, if you if you keep moving, you don't stop. Like you you're getting your hands on Josh Allen. He's not even leaving and escaping towards the sidelines. And, and, and so that's kind of like those are two immediate examples. Dakota, oh my God, those are two immediate examples of uh, somebody like when I say starstruck, it's more so just like not understanding the moment because you know how lethal Josh Allen is. And I think from a game planning standpoint. There's no reason for you to to keep putting out or, or keep um dropping back Deron Payne as much as you did. Five times is one is is one too many times or two too many times. Like you don't do that with Deron. And you switch it up with him, you switch it up with uh uh, uh Montez Sweat at times too. And, and I think on the front, on the front side, like that's where you 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 kind of start losing yourself from a, a schematic standpoint. Like, sure, you want to give them different looks to try to confuse them, but at the end of the day be who you are and i think who is this in the chat magic mentioned not enough running i mean not no qb spies it's funny that he brings up quarterback spies bro because there was one rep in particular where they did they they had quarterback spies but what buffalo buffalo did this really thing this this interesting thing with their front um first off they got out out coach like that's side note you had different hey, ways so, of protecting hey, Mar- the, this the seven man. Hold on, hold on one second. Hold okay. on one second. Um, but they had different ways of protecting like that. That uh, against that single package, they had different ways of dressing up their their max protections. Um, they had different ways of moving the pocket for Josh Allen, right? But then when you look at the quarterback spy part, right? Like where was the spy at? They had Jamin Davidson in a couple times, but like they had when they seen any second level defenders creeping up to the line of scrimmage, bro. If they got any within hands distance within arms reach bro they're locking their ass up and and I didn't put this out on Twitter and and I probably end up doing this on my second film session on the YouTube channel but it's it'll they'll it, it illustrates like you couldn't even like they was they were so locked in the Buffalo Bills was they were so locked in bro like even if you tried to spy bro you got clamped up Jamie Davis got too close to the line of scrimmage a couple times he got clamped up by the left guard so now you're talking about your quarterback spy getting clamped up. He can't even move because he, he he can't get off the block. <laughs> so like, hey, Magic, they tried the quarterback spy. Like they they build the Buffalo Bills was on one on, on their side. Like they were really locked in from a game plan. They didn't play no games, and they showed you like how seriously they took this game. And in Washington, on the other end, is like, well, damn, like, can we get a can we get a redo? Can we can we pull the plug? Like disconnect, start the game over again? Like can we do that again? Like nah, like that that would that's how that's how crazy that was for me, bro. So my so bad, AJ. Got, you got the floor. Who got starstruck? Was it was it Jack Del Rio or was it the players? Because I mean, I I went back and looked at the the film too. I'm like, why are these DNs and D tackles dropping in coverage so much? Like, and if you a spy, why are you coming up and engaging with the blockers? You're supposed to just be. In, in free, it, in free zone, they 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 were essentially trying to think they were confusing Josh Allen so much by bringing the spy down and having them engage as if it was a blitzer, a blitzer, so that they could disengage. It was weird, man. Like it's it's just Jack Del Rio, you know, old school guy, uh, and the time that he's been successful as a as a defensive coordinator, typically it was mostly pocket passers back then. You know, these days with these dual threat guys that can escape the pocket, you're not coaching your guys up properly. Like even the play you're talking about uh, with Montez Sweat, that boy stutter step. I thought he was doing the Euro step at one point trying to get to to Josh Allen. He literally had no blocker in front of him. Like he literally stuttered his feet and then tried to attack him again. It was like, why don't you just go straight at dude? Like Cam Curl, same thing, hesitation with, with getting him on that blitz. It's just a, 
Very left, look at the, the the left guard. Like that's where he, that's that's Jameis right there. Then the, the spy on the, what is this? I think third and eight. And yeah. he get that's where the guard like he just jumps him, bro, and and, and locks him up. Like but that was that was your spy. That's Jameis, but that's on Jamin, man. That's not. I know that's not what they're being taught. He why is he? You're, you cannot engage with him. He's, you're trying to like. It's like they're trying to bluff it and make it seem like he's coming, but like you're not even putting yourself in a good football position to see him. Like back well, up. Now, I depth. think. I speed. think. I think they were being coached to do that, bro. Because it wasn't just Jamin that did that during the game. It's a couple other players that bluffed it as well. Like that came that close. Bluffing it, and it's, it's just a the, weird. Yeah. It's just a weird strategy to go against a dual threat quarterback in that sense. He's gonna give you one. He gave them one. The Kendall Fuller interception. He gave them one. I mean, <laughs> shit. They gave. He gave him one to the Cam Curl. Yeah, he the one right, that went through Cam right Curl. Right yeah, he like, keep dropping them joints. <laughs> he was. He was. He was gonna. Give, just, it, it's just a weird strategy for me. It's like Josh Allen, Stephon Day is gonna have to beat me. I don't believe in James Cook. I don't care about nobody else. And it was just too much zone, man. Like it was just they were just covering grass all actually. Day. I ain't gonna lie to you. I actually think I think the right move against Josh Allen would have been zone because they they had no they had no idea what to do. Even the, it's crazy. Like the, the films, the, the bro, they couldn't even like the, the most dangerous thing with Josh Allen and looking at their receivers in this game, bro. Part of it was the scramble drill. Yep. Like they said, they said, they said the tone off rip. Like uh, Emmanuel Forbes gave up two passes. Excuse me, let me be clear. He gave up one pass, a thirty yard bomb to Stephon Diggs. Right, that was off a of scramble drill. Right, so like he he lets his guard down for half a second. Stephon Diggs comes off field, but there was a a play where uh, early in the first drive as well, where Josh Allen takes off. Right, that was that was one of his scrambles. One of his early scrambles, he took off for like 15, 20 yards. And he doesn't throw it to Stefan Diggs, but Stefan Diggs breaks free as he's scrambling. So he missed, so he, he just misses Stefan Diggs, but but Stefan Diggs breaks free off, off another scramble drill where uh Emmanuel Forbes is checking him. And, and and that happened several times, a couple times throughout the game, where like you're you're not like even when the play is dead, like you got to cover a little bit longer in man coverage against a guy like Josh Allen because he's gonna keep a play alive for his receivers. So that's one of those this, this is one of those games where I'm like. Get these get these guys out of man coverage because they need to have eyes on Josh Allen at all times, eyes at the quarterback at all times. So I, I didn't have a I didn't have a problem with the coverage. I had a problem with how they try to disguise things or like different looks. Like you don't take certain people out of pass row situations, and like even even if they do have to do like Montez Sweat does drop back enough. Like he drops back a lot, um, even over the course of the first two games. Um, but at the same time. Your interior, bro, a guy like against Josh Allen, you you don't you don't want them leaving out like that's that's just inexcusable, in my opinion. But let, let me say this though about the defense. I mean, because obviously we played Buffalo a couple of years ago. Now, overall, as a team, I don't feel encouraged going forward after this game more so than the last game. But after the last time we played Buffalo, I was much more concerned about the defense. I don't feel that way after this game. Like I do, obviously the issues you all are bringing up are very valid and it, you know, they are issues, but I still feel like the defense can be good. We, we got players there, but the offense was just the most concerning thing to me. And it's going to be more concerning to me going forward than the defense is like, I don't feel that discouraged from the defense after this game, because again, we went into the fourth quarter, 16, nothing. I mean, they gave you a chance to get some explosive offense like that. But like I said, going forward, I'm cool with the defense. I think they can bounce back. I think they can get it together, but it's still the offense has to be the biggest level of concern going forward after that game. I mean, Dre, I didn't really get to touch on the offense, but it's like how, I don't even know how you get Sam how to improve. Like when I went back and looked at the tape, like the only thing I could think of in the passing game was doing more of the progressions to where uh, his first and his second read are within the same window of vision. But outside of that, I don't really know in season what you could really do to benefit Sam Howell at all. I think run you can ball. run more. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Run more. Run the ball. I mean, the yeah, box. you can run, but eventually you're going to need to pass. Max, you feel me? Max protection. But AJ, they got to they, they they play from the quick game, it felt like. There were so many long developing routes, it felt like, on Sunday. And it's like EB didn't have no feel. And I'm about to take the gloves off on him tomorrow. I guess I'm starting tonight. For I'm him, I was really disappointed, right, man. Right now, like, there was so much. There was so much that we expected from him and so much that he was supposed to bring to the table. He's not allowed to have – 
stinker performances. I understand this is the first time he's ever called plays, but like there were so many times on Sunday where it's like, all right, at some point you got to have a feel for the game. Their defensive front is dominating us right now, and it's it's, it's kind of troubling. And you still have all these long developing routes where where you got to wait and hold the. That's why he's holding the ball because he's got to wait for his dudes to run open. But Linnell, like, is it is it long calling? It feels like is it long? De- there are some long developing routes within the play calling the scheme, right? But there's also ability for you to move off of that guy and look elsewhere. And Sam isn't doing that. Like that's the same offense Kansas City. He has like, always. Like he has we've Superman known this syndrome. from the jump. I feel like we've known Superman this from the jump. Syndrome. It's just that Sam Howe just locks into one guy and he doesn't go to the next read. That's the major issue. Like, because that's how Kansas City calls their plays. There's always a long developing route in there. It's just more so. Hey, are you gonna get to your next read? Right. What are you I, saying, Daniel? You you saying is what? I feel like he's got like Superman syndrome too. Like he tries, he's looking for, to make the big play because of the success. Oh hell he had yeah! But think about the week that he's coming off of though. Like he was making those those second window throws. Like he was being able to hold the football and and throwing the intermediate stuff and the deep stuff. So like I, I get it. He was trying to hang in there and try to see. If he, that's the one thing I love about him. He not. Some quarterbacks have a problem where they won't hang in there long enough and they're scared to get hit. That's not his problem. So this is why I think some of the issues with him are like, I think they could be correctable, but he's got to get it in his mind to have a feel for his, 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 his clock, his mental clock just wasn't there on Sunday. It felt like. Well, I think, I think we need to, before and we even get back to Sam, I, before we even get back to Sam, I don't, I don't think that we need to really dive into the be enemy part. Like I'm not sitting here saying that we need to bash enemy but i think we need to really dive into the that like the the philosophy of this offense right now yep. like think about think about so many different aspects right um you put 35 points 30, yeah, 35 points up against the broncos right but for damn near two quarters that offense like it was. It was. It was. It wasn't to the point. Like we're asking, why? Why the hell are we running the ball? Why? Where's the balance? Not even balance, but where's the efficiency? Like we aren't. Yeah. We're, we're getting. We're getting beat at the line of scrimmage. Uh, we're not establishing anything in the ground game. We're not establishing anything in the trenches. Like the 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 rushers are just teeing off on on every on every drop back. Right. Uh, Cardinals game, same instance. Like you you don't have any type of run game there in a sense. Um, and they're taking off on on the uh, on Sam Howell as well in that instance as well. Um, then you get to your uh your third game where the dam breaks and it's the same situation, but it's the same story three weeks in a row. And for for the enemy, I think when you when now Linnell, you brought up an interesting thing. Uh, and this ain't verbatim, so but you understand you said this earlier. You were you were essentially like. He's not in a position to really get a, a pass or or like have an excuse or anything like that, right? And right. and while I I understand that, I I do think what the enemy needs to kind of realize is is what a lot of people have been saying to this point. Um, Sam Howell is notches below Patrick Mahomes. Like he's had the privilege of working with Pat for five years, and obviously you learn a lot working with Pat. Y'all learn from each other, and I think that. When you look at a Sam Howe, you got to adjust to his his needs. You got to adjust to what he needs to, to be successful in his offense. And I'm not saying, like, dummy down your offense, but what you can do is find the plays that work for Sam. Find the plays that work for – in terms of the pass game. Find the plays that work that for Sam. they said that they're doing that. Like, they said that they're doing that. Like, he said he had, like – in the press conference, I remember he said he had that, like – there's a list of plays that Sam gives to him, or I don't know if that's just coach speak and they just try and make it seem like it is. And he doesn't have that control or what, but he said he but had that. Even if he said, wait, did he say that into in this week's press or the Monday one? This was last week. This was last, last week. week. He okay. said that. Uh, that, okay. that Sam had, did, you, did you hear it, Dre? No, I didn't hear it. Yeah, I have to. Okay. I'll, that's crazy. I'll, I'll go back and, and find the joint. Yeah, they talked about that. That's something that that's like an Andy Reid thing, though. And he learned that okay. from Andy. Oh, no, I do remember that. I do remember that. Be, yeah, BNB talked about it. Okay. Yeah. yeah so, Sam brought it up first. So, to, to, that, to that point, though, like find what works with Sam, like run that, constantly run it, find ways to, to give different looks to run it. 
but but not only that, um, yeah, even feel, even if those plays are the ones that's actually like the say we don't we don't know them, but say like if the ones that he calls on the field are the ones that Sam likes and and they just aren't working, whether it's a pressure or whether he's not reading the field right, whatever, like start putting your foot down and and game plan a way where you know that I gotta find I gotta find this happy medium where I can protect this offensive line but I can also protect yep. Sam Howell at the same time. And I think that starts with the run game. Uh, Dre, we've been on this show for three weeks talking about give fucking Brian Robinson the same goddamn thing. ball, <laughs> bro. Like, and and, and it's, it's frustrating that you end with 10 carries in a game where he started with like four or five in the first quarter. Exactly. So it's so, like, why are you getting away from it so much? You were down two possessions the entire time. So there's no excuse for you to get away from it like that. That's why I'm like, okay, where's your feel? And he doesn't get a pass for me for this because, look, we're talking about him being a head coach and all that. Can he be a good offensive coordinator first? I mean, I'm not saying he hasn't been at this point. No, but, but it's it's the reality of the situation, Brad. That, that's right. all it is. And and what's that's been the theme, of the, the theme of the season so far, even going back to the Arizona game, this team gets better in the second half, and they get yeah, better man. in the second half when they're running the ball more. <laughs> like the the ratio from exactly. pass to run in the first half is has been atrocious all season long. But we've been a better second half team. I mean, say for the Bills game, they weren't good in the first or second half. But the thing was, they weren't running the ball at all in the Bills game. I mean, it was still the you know same old heavy pass ratio. And again, Sam just may not be ready for that. And I don't think Eric Bieniemy should experiment at the expense of the rest of the team at this point, because, you know, this team, like I said, you had guys on this roster that's ready to win. And I do feel like at this point, Eric Bieniemy is kind of, he's coaching <laughs> for his future right now. And he's also trying to throw Sam in the fi- trial by fire uh, type of basis. But again, I don't think you should do that at the, ex- at the expense of the team. And you got to wonder at some point, is Ron going to step in and say, Hey, Eric, you know, we tried it this way, but we're going to have to do it this way because Ron kind of did this with Scott Turner the last couple of years. Like when they would start off slow, then they would get on it. Ron has a good winning streak usually every year here. I mean, so, at some point, maybe four to five games. And during those winning streaks, it's always the run game that's been kind of strong. And I'm not saying I love being a run-heavy team, but if that's what works for your personnel, then that's just what you're going to have to go with. Now, Sam may be able to pick this up at some point and be in more of a pass-happy thing. But starting his career out, I don't see that being the best thing for him right now. And I wanted to say this too, like, it's not even really about, if you go back to Sunday, it's not even really about running the ball just to run the ball. You're, you're getting four, at, at minimum, you're getting four yards, it felt like, on Sunday. Like, three and four. And like, you had your negative runs, but you got to take that when you're running the football that much. When you commit to it, you're going to have no games. I don't How many negative runs do they have on Sunday? That would be interesting to, uh, interesting to have to see. It didn't feel like they had any. So it's about not having negative plays on first and second down. So you can get in the third and manageable. You can run your quick game. You could do all of that. And everything's at your disposal on, on third down. It's about moving the chains. Like they were constantly in third and long. It felt like for whatever reason, whether it's a penalty or, or, or whatever. And I'm like, you. It's not. I don't even care about running the ball for real. I just want to be in third and manageable. And the quick game, it feels like always works. And they get away from it because it's like, I guess teams are squatting on it or whatever. But like have counters off of it. Let, you know, it, it just it was frustrating because like he got to have a better feel. I expect more from EB, and it felt like he left Sam out to dry because the, 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 there was no sequence. And and led up to that point, I mean, you got to protect Sam at this point because he yeah. getting hit too much. I mean, you know, we we could be yeah. possibly talking about him getting injured at some point with all with the beatings. They he's probably taking, don't so. get man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think so, man. Yeah, bro. I think it's it's one of them situations, and we can move to a, a different question. I'm staying on the offense though, but we can move to a different question. Um, but I, I think like what this week is going to do for for both parties and Sam and the enemy. Excuse me, all parties. Sam, the enemy, offensive line. Um, like there, it's it's such a deeper level. It's not even just them. Like the concepts, like some some like some of those sacks that Sam took on Sunday was a byproduct of like he's reaching the top of his drop and like receivers are in man co- or facing man coverage and they're not able they're not even really getting open at the top of Sam's uh when he when he reaches the top of his drop like they're break they're still running their route and and they haven't even reached their break point yet so like at that point you're you're facing some pressure like two seconds 
at the, or a second in at the top of your drop and, and and now you're looking for reasons to 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 tuck your head and start looking for a, a scramble um and, but but to that point I, I bring that up my bad bring it up to say like this this week is an eye opener for all parties involved because it's going to show what Eric the enemy can do right um, it's going to give him that opportunity to really show like how he can get through to his players, but also how can he adjust his game plan or his philosophy or his his whatever it is related to this team, because he knows. And I think we all know at this point that. Ten sacks, nine sacks, whatever it is, ain't sustainable, like what he's on pace. I, I heard this number um, over 100 sacks. I don't know the exact number, but he's on pace for over 100 sacks this season. And. 108 okay 108 sacks this season he's on sam howell is on pace for and i i I will put it this way i'm not don't mistake me for for this but i I would say like a veteran in jacoby Brissett, like if you were to do a comparison from a 17 game sample and sam howell 17 game sample jacoby wouldn't be near 108 in terms of his his pace like that that's just kind of shows you like how far out Sam Howell is in terms of a processing and letting the football go. So, so the enemy is going to have to find ways to game plan and, and scheme up a situation where this offense is winning consistently and not just having these sporadic moments where they're putting up points. Um, I'm going to transition though to a, a question. Where was it at? Um, Rivera suggested this is actually on the radio. Okay. So Rivera suggested on Monday that the development of Sam Howe is just as important as winning. Um, do we agree with that at all? Like, are, are we on the same page with, with Ron and, and chat? Everybody that just checked in. Matter of fact, appreciate everybody who's listening. Uh, make sure you hit that like button, subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Um, but let us know in the comments so we can sh- like share your thoughts. Um, is, is, Winning just as important as the development of Sam Howe at this point uh, in Ron's tenure. Uh, Linnell, you got the floor first on this one. What do you think? Yeah, so it's, it's a preview into the to the Chris Russell show tomorrow when I join because this is what I'm what we're probably gonna be talking about. I've been saying this all off season. By the way, the junkies, those stooges, those four in the morning had me on because they <laughs> thought I was crazy for saying that, yeah, if Jacoby's the best, better than Sam, then I'm playing Jacoby. I don't care about where – they're talking about, like, eventually Sam will be ahead of Jacoby. No, no, no. If if they're even they – were, they were trying to say, like, yeah, if they're even, I'm playing uh, – I'm playing – or whatever, or if Jacoby's a little bit ahead of Sam, I'm playing Sam, if there's not a sizable gap. I'm like, no, play the best dude. You owe that to Terry to play the best dude. You owe that to the dudes that just signed contracts to play the next dude. They've been here for your entire tenure. You haven't done nothing. You haven't been competitive. You're, you're, you're not that you haven't been competitive, but y'all know what I'm saying. So I'm to a point where it's like, you're in year four of a five year deal. This is your decision that you decide to go with a fifth round pick. I don't want to hear growing pains that are affecting winning and losing. There is the, the leash doesn't need to be long. Let, let's just call it what it is. Cause if he was going to be that, he's going to get it right away. And he's not. He's way, way, way far behind. CJ Stroud is coming in from Ohio State in an offense where people are talking shit about them and how their quarterbacks come to the next level. And he is night and day ahead of where Sam Howell is in, in terms of a processing standpoint. That's why the sacks are being taken. The offensive line, I don't think it's playing that bad. And I, when I when I go on tomorrow, I'll, I'll elaborate more on that too. Like, I don't think the offensive line is playing that bad. Like, there's a reason his, his time to throw numbers are where they are. Because he's got the time to hold the ball. Like, that's that's because they're giving him protection. He's got to get it out. And I also think the receivers and backs need to do a better job of making themselves available as checkdowns and things of that nature. There was a play I put up on Twitter, Curtis Samuel just not looking for the ball, wide open coming across <laughs> on the middle on a third down. And it's like, do you know where the sticks are? Like, are you? do you have that type of awareness? Because once you get to the sticks and are about to approach the sticks, you should be turning your head to go get the football. He didn't on a third down. A, a third down that's happening. Like, that's crazy. So it's like the, everybody, everybody's got to help Sam out. Sam's got to help himself out. It, I'm worried about it moving forward because I don't know if there's immediate answers because it's like unless you're going to go with Jacoby and Jacoby just gets it. Because it seemed like Jacoby's coaching on the sideline when you watch. Hey, I agree 100% with Nell, man. Now, this was Ron Rivera's first year 
then I would agree with him. Yeah, I mean, developing Sam would be just as important as wins. But this is Ron Rivera's fourth year, new ownership. He doesn't have the luxury of saying developing Sam and wins are on the same level because both of them could be out of here if you're not winning next year. You know what I'm saying? That's that's not helpful to this franchise at all. I mean, as far as, you know, Sam Howell, because if you bring a new regime and no one's going to stick their hat to the fifth round quarterback that Ron Rivera drafted. So, no, at some point, He's going to have to look at this, you know, if, if it continues where you're not progressing as an offense and you can't get much done as an offense, he's going to have to look at you. Sam is not old 17 games this season. I'm sorry. I know a lot of fans want Sam to be the guy. Hell, I want Sam to be the guy. You know, I want Sam to, you know, bounce back and improve. But I am not putting Sam's development over you know, this team at this point, you know, because like I said, this is, you're playing with house money this year. This is not a rebuilding year. You know, this is not a year where you have the luxury of a coach coming in saying he has a couple of years here and I can develop this guy. No, this is for everybody involved in this franchise, Ron, his whole staff, the, the front office, everyone. This is a win now year for everybody. Sam Howell as well. Like I said, because if Sam doesn't show it this year, no one is going to tie themselves to Sam. The only person that's tied to Sam uh, Howe right now is Ron Rivera because Ron Rivera drafted him and he made the decision to go into the season with Sam Howell as the starter. Yep. So, you know, you have to look at that and say, hey, winning is the most important thing this season for everybody. So, no, it, 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 Sam's development is not as important as winning for this franchise right now. I have a crazy conspiracy. I can't like, I'm, wow, this is going to sound nuts and off the wall. I'm I'm giving you a disclaimer. Okay. Do you think do you think Ron already knows his future is gone anyway? So he's doing the big bro move for EB oh. to show he can come in here and develop a quarterback and, and and make this thing work. And like Ron doesn't care what happens, it's all on EB right now. And if well, he can make Sam work, and like this is like, let me give this guy the red carpet opportunity to come in here. We have decent weapons. Make this kid work, and then people will give you the opportunity to be a head coach because that's what everybody wants. Everybody wants a head coach that can come in there and, and develop a quarterback. I actually don't think so. Like, I, you're there's not a crazy conspiracy theory because, or maybe I'm crazy because I was thinking something <laughs> similar <laughs> earlier, but but not about literally that. Somebody had mentioned I was listening to a podcast and I, I want to lean Kevin Sheehan, is where I heard it from. Um, but he mentioned why uh being Lord, I, I didn't I didn't mess up what he said, but bottom bottom line, whatever conversation I heard, I came away with the thought of oh, it was his it was his quote, it was his quote from his pressure. And and I came away with the quote of or, or thought of like, is is Ron in a situation where he's looking at this offense and he's not worried about whether they need to increase the run to pass ratio or in the favor of the run, like they need to run the ball more because like he's in this space where like, well, I'm giving, I'm giving the keys to the enemy. I don't, I don't care what he does. Like, this is his floor. This is his ship. I'm letting him run it. I'm going to stay out of the way because at the end of the day, I know if we, if we fail, I'm fired. If, if, if we show some glimpses of, of sustainability, I'm still probably fired. If I make the Super Bowl, I have a chance, but I ain't about to make the Super Bowl. So I'm going to just get a keys to be enemy and hope that he gets everything together. So, so to your point, now, I don't think it's a far-fetched conspiracy where uh, Ron is literally allowing the enemy to, to call his, his stuff on offense and, and do his thing on offense. Um, but I do think, to get back to the the overall question for on my side, I think that when you look at Ron Rivera and his situation, um, it would be naive of me to sit here and think that um, I'm if if I'm Ron that I'm allowing Sam Howe to uh, enter this situation where like my job is on the line. Like I I know I need to win, and I know I need to show. In my fourth year, like think about it. Like, sure, Josh Harris and Rails and Magic Johnson had other business ventures before they got to the Washington Commanders. But if two of those guys in particular were from Washington and are fans of Washington, you think they don't know about you? <laughs> exactly. They know Which you is why for they three years. Sean Payton. They, they know you them. for three years, bro. 
So, so they they know your history before 2023, and you probably know that they know. So I think for 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 Ron, um, you don't have to sit here and sound like uh you're in a position where you're doing people favors. Well, technically, I'm I'm not being I don't want to be unfair. Like technically, you are giving the enemy that shot, but at the same time, like understand the situation that you're in too. Like if you don't care about the job. I'm not saying I'm not insinuating that he does. I'm not saying that he doesn't care. But I'm saying if if you don't care about the job, like make sure I, I would say at the very least, like when you do your pressures, like understand that there's a sense of like have that sense of urgency, just like uh Eric Bienemy is going to try and show anytime he steps on the on the field, uh, whether it's practice or on a game day. And 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 that's kind of where I my man, like Sam Howe is is a he's a cog. But he is not the thing that you cling on to, uh, especially when you're in a situation where you're coaching for your job. Like, do you want to stay here for your entire contract or do you do you not care? Like, what's up? He clearly doesn't care. And they messed up just from a philosophical thinking standpoint. Now, answer me. Could you answer this question? Right. How similar is the Air Coriel system that, that Sam ran last year? How similar is that to this Eric Bianami system? Um, you know, somebody asked me that in the in the spaces, bro. I, I do I how similar is it? Um, I would say that there, my main, my main, my my one of my bigger things with this offense is that there are I've noticed each game that there's like there have there have been a trend of some long developing routes. Um, now I don't know, like from a like a factual standpoint, like is this a a vertical offense now or st- still on a, a vertical offense. Um, I don't know, but I would say that there are some things that look similar and that's also confusing. I want to say this on the record for everybody. Like there's so much nuance in between schemes now, bro, between the air Coriel and the West coast, like their principles, bro. Like you would have to really be in the NFL, like dialed in for 20 plus years to, or, or it, but you know you got to be dialed in right. for some time to really know the nuanced differences of a West Coast, like a true West Coast and a true Air Coriel. But to, to your to your question, Linnell, um, I've I've seen some similarities between I, the enemy and, and Turner enough to where this would not be true. Because I'm like, well, if you're trying to really move with Sam, why change up the language and stuff that he's having to learn going into this year? Why didn't you go with Zampezi, who you were working with? Maybe he'd be processing better if he had a really good grip on the Air Coriel and he knew it for a second year. That's how you increase. That's how you get your processing better. You go through it. You get more reps in it. Now you're getting reps in a completely different system. So it's like everything he learned last year was wiped away. So it's like you're going with a rookie quarterback this year. But my thing is, if you're going to go with a rookie quarterback this year, give up the farm to go get the best rookie quarterback. So you can win at the same time. Because I guarantee you, Washington can win with CJ Stroud ass in this offense. Because he. Oh, is, well, you saying before the season? You saying? Yeah, you're talking, like okay. if you were gonna go rookie, because basically you're going with a rookie when you change the system. Yeah. Now you're saying, now, oh, now yeah, Sam's yeah, yeah, not yeah. a second year player. Now he's a rookie because he's in, in a different system. So yeah, he learned NFL things last year. I get that. So it's not apples to apples, but like, if if you really wanted to go with him, give him the best chance possible to succeed by keeping him in the same system. He was a fit for that system. He can push the ball down the field when he's protected. Like, but I, I don't I don't know. It's just I'm just coach hypothetically speaking, I guess. But, but I'm see, like the processing is like he's not processing because he doesn't understand. Maybe he would understand if he was running the same shit, is what I'm saying. Hey PC, what PC, what's up, Brad? Like, I, why are we making all these assumptions in the chat? Like, we ain't saying we ain't saying Jacoby's going to is going to win 10 games in Washington. Like that's, that is, that is not what we're saying. And and we're not saying that him getting the ball out quicker is going to equal to a more efficient offense. Like that's not what we're saying. We're saying that there's going to be a less, there's going to be a less uh, uh, amount of sacks. There's going to be that the pressure rate is going to decrease. The sack rate is going to decrease because Jacoby's finding his outlets quicker. We're also not saying that, or Linnell is clearly not saying that he wants CJ Stroud. He's saying, if you're going to go, and and choose the rookie route and because uh, because uh, Sam Howell is essentially a rookie, then why not go all in on a rookie this year? Especially 
which I was look at how add. you used your first round picks that you would have traded. You you drafted two DBs. It ain't even like you was like drafting linemen to go and, protect and his ass. Like, one of them know. gets no defensive snaps. And and to your point, Lynette, what I was gonna add is like um the enemy is here for at least two years. Like co- contractually, he's here for at least two years. So the thought if you're gonna if you're gonna have E B work with somebody, like the the perspective could be get him a rookie and see where that goes. Obviously, that's not going to work for like maybe a new uh, a new owner and, and maybe somebody who gets that GM and that head coach if it's not the enemy. But at the end of the day, if you're going to go with a rookie, there's nothing wrong with shooting for one of the better rookies out of this class. I get what you're saying. Uh, I would I still would go for Sam Howe, but it's not a it's not a far fetched thought to sit here and think that you can't you can't consider a rookie. That's all. That's that's it. Yeah, that's it's, it. It's all it's all like hindsight now because it's like it's what one game will do to you. But I'm like, he's had these. There were issues. There were times in the Denver game where he held the ball too long, but he was really good protection. Of course, like he got bailed out for it. So like, and we, that's the thing we talk about the offensive line. That's the thing that's frustrating me. Like, why do yeah. people keep saying like the offensive line is not elite? But it's not terrible, bro. Like, yeah, it's not yes, terrible. I would, like I would, it's not all on the OL. It's I would acknowledge. I, I would like to acknowledge that I'm for replacing Andrew Wiley. Like, 100%. I, I, that's that's the one person that I would acknowledge. Be going like, that's that's it. Like you gave him three years, twenty four million dollar deal for what? Like because he knew Eric Bieniemy. Like he had him on speed dial, so he gave him a little. He gave him a little bit of money, bro. Nah, like that's the only person I'm thinking. Like I need to get rid of. But outside of that, bro, like ain't nobody really getting crushed behind this offensive line if you put another guy back there, I, 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 an experienced veteran. Let me be clear. I agree. I That's agree. It's about the overall like unit and how they play together. The one, if I had to nitpick, and this is just me nitpicking. Need a little Nick Gates is get got to be a little stronger with his anchor. He's getting bored. Oh yeah, he. Who, I don't know who their nose tackle. I forgot the jersey number, but he get he gave he gave he gave Gates hell. Yeah. <laughs> it was a tough. It was a tough day at the office for Gates, but Gates has been yeah, good, man. Though. Like yeah. his snaps have been good, and like it's been. But the I, issue, I, this is oh, like next week against Philly, bro. Yeah. I would put him at right tackle. Come on. If you think <laughs> Hassan Reddick versus Andrew Wiley is going to be crazy, he's not even before he even gets into his kick step, he's going to be at the quarterback. It's going to be crazy. But Andrew Wiley's slow. Like it's it, it, it's I don't know what they see in him, bro. I really don't. See, hey, geez, bro. I'm I'm look, it ain't people people who work in the organization care. Yeah, what about Terry that, McLaurin, bro? He just signed a deal. They he care. Be a free agent before you know. John it. Allen cares. They <laughs> all care. Deron Payne because it's like, all right, these dudes are clearly bimbos. They all care. Like it from a fan base standpoint. First off, from a fan base standpoint, sure. Like it's easy for us to say, us as in a fan. Like me personally, I don't, I don't like, I don't acknowledge that who cares about this year thing. But like, it's easy for us to say, like, if it don't work out, we can go get a top draft pick. But guess what? This roster is too good to be. Uh, even a, a bottom bottom or top five draft pick anyway. Like yeah. they're in the middle of the pack. Like that that's just are what they are. So like you would have to he said make a play then. But yeah that's that's literally what it's gonna have to be bro. But um but I'm for that though make a play because you was going that's what I was like that's why I'm like they should have did it this offseason. So so listen let's go ahead and do two more two more things we'll talk about AG quickly um we don't have to do Spending much time on him, and then we'll That's close out with the power. Close know. out with the power rankings. Um, man, Gibson, bro, are we are we are we through with Gibson? Chat, let us know. Um, are, what, what's y'all feeling on Gibson? We can we can share y'all thoughts as well. Uh, I'll start this one off. Um, I forgot exactly what I said, Dre, on Sunday, but I think two days later, if I didn't say this on Sunday, two days later, I'm cool with moving on from AG. Now I'm not saying I'm not saying cut him. I'm saying like literally like hey you got you got kick return and you got when Chris Rodriguez is tired. That's when you get on the court. That's when you get on the field. Like when he's tired and he tap his helmet, that's when you get on. But you stay on kickoffs and we'll figure the rest out from there. I, I don't and it's not even the fact that uh that like like when he when he fumbled the ball, the game I thought the game was over well before he fumbled. That was just like that was just one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, definitely, it's definitely not. There's no comeback around the corner. Like there, it's not happening. But it's not his fault that we lost. It's not Washington's fault that they that I mean, she means not Antonio Gibson's fault that, that he couldn't that we couldn't come back either when he fumbled. Like we were getting blo- we were getting demolished from a from a, a just a, a 
a visual standpoint and looking at the game, like we were just getting crushed off rip before he even fumbled. So it is what it is. But I look at uh, Gibson and while you see like there's instances in certain situations where he fumbles, I, I just think that you got to find a way, especially a guy who's in his contract year in Antonio, like you, you drafted Rodriguez for a reason. He's only getting like snaps here and there, but find a way to get him involved more. Like see what he can do more because uh, like he has, people have this assumption that he's just a power back, but like he's shown good burst. Like he's shown, uh, I'm not saying he's even like a very fast person, but like you can, you can probably be efficient with a B Rob and Chris Rodriguez duo if you give it a shot and, and find a way to get Gibson involved here and there. Um, but personally, I'm cool with moving on from Gibson. Hey, and Mo, you know, this question is funny because I feel like we ask this question about Antonio Gibson every two weeks. Like, are we done with Antonio Gibson? Right. You know, because I mean, he fumbles quite often. I mean, this has been kind of his thing. Then the issue is like, you can kind of <laughs> forgive the fumbles if the guy is giving you some kind of high level production. Like, to be honest with you, Matthew, my, wow. my, my expectations for Antonio Gibson when he came out was his former college teammate. I thought he would be similar to Tony Pollard. You know, that's the kind of production mm. I've expected out of him since he's came in. But, I mean, he's been okay. I mean, he's flashed here and there, but he's never quite lived up to what we thought he was going to be as a fan base. So it's kind of hard to forgive him with the fumbles. Like, you know, me, I'm going to go back to back in the day. I'm, a, you know, a little older. Steven Davis. He was a hell of a running back with the Redskins, but he had a hell of a fumble issue as well. You know, but as a fan, I was done with him. I didn't care about what he did. And he was way more productive than Antonio Gibson was here as a Redskin. But Antonio Gibson has never really lived up to the draft hype or what we thought he could be potentially, you know, not even in the passing game. We kind of thought he would be more of a passing threat. He would catch stuff out of the backfield. He's not giving you enough of that to say, man, I can forgive these fumbles. Like I, I saw people arguing on Twitter. People were saying, well, you know, Antonio Gibson, well, look at Tiki Barber. That guy fumbled a lot. But Tiki, got, Tiki Barber was a beast. Like Tiki Barber, you know what I'm saying? He fumbled, but he – he changed games. Like he impacted multiple games for the Giants throughout his career. You know, even with his fumbling issues, like I said, with Gibson, that's not there. So it's like, you can move on from him. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and like you said, well, we just drafted Chris Rodriguez. That's supposed to be Eric Vietnamese guy. Let's see what he got. I mean, he's supposed to be baby beast mode, whatever the case may be. Well, let's see, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because Antonio Gibson, I feel like we're going to keep having this conversation constantly every two weeks. Is he? Are we done with him? Do you trust him? No, we don't. <laughs> no, I, I heard you before we started. You said that's your boy, bro. But you know what I'm saying. This you want to try to die, player? This is all. This is called trap or dive, right? Man, right man, now, y'all trapped, and I guess I'm dive. No one has his skill set. Who's Chris Rodriguez? Come on now. He got the same amount of bursts as AG. I don't know what it is. I feel so bad for him, bro. Because I feel like. It's one of them joints where it's like if you're – scouts have this arrogance, right, where, like, they just – it takes them forever to give up on a guy because it's like, man, I know what I see. I know what I see. I know how he's built. Boy, I know that's how, how I feel about is. Marcus uh, Johnson, bro, receiver, mm. boy. That, he can't stay healthy for shit. And I'm like, bro, if you give him some time, bro. You know, that's and that's how I feel about Gibby. With, the, with, with That's how I feel about Gibby, bro. I'm just like, no one else – who who has that skill set on the roster? They try to use Curtis in that role, but Curtis is better in space. Like, office alignment being around Curtis is not good. He's too freaky of, like, a he just needs to be in as much space as possible. So, like, handing him the ball is not a good idea unless it's a jet sweep to me. or like. Well, now, what, wasn't that McKissick last year? Like, he had the skill set similar. Yeah. To yeah. But now, I don't think – who can say Chris Rodriguez can catch? I, I don't know if I could – there's That's so true. many things. But I, I know, but I know who, who can catch, Brian Robinson. <laughs> Brian Robinson can't catch. So I'm like, is he just going to be the guy that eats up all the carries and eats up all the snaps? Because I'm like, he's capable of doing the Gibby thing. Look, he had what? He 20 only snaps. got 20 snaps. I'm about to say he <laughs> only had 20 one. snaps. So if you can if you can get him on the field a little bit more and, and let him be your let him be a multi-purpose guy until until and then until when and then when he's it. tired, Gibby taps in. Ah, Rodriguez. I can't even do that. To him. Chris Rodriguez is not better than him, bro. I can't do that, bro. He said, hey, nah, it's a coach, a a coach sending coach sending Rodriguez in. Like, AG, man, you said this one out there. <laughs> we got you one of these drives, man. You know what I'm saying? I don't know, bro. Y'all doing it, man. I get it, though, bro. I saw a crazy stat today that he like leads the NFL and lost fumbles and like since the end of the league. 
Wow. He loses <laughs> every one of them. <laughs> and, and they all hurt us. They all hurt yes. us. They are critical, <laughs> too, bro. Like, the 49ers game last year, bro, if y'all remember, did he fumble in that in a crucial spot in that game? I think it was. Um, I yeah, know. Back up. We were back up. One of those Packers, when we played the Packers, I know that was a critical one. I always remember the Chargers game that opening year, man. He fumbled on the five-yard line. So, I mean, they're critical, man. Yeah. <laughs> He's just – I just think he's – I still believe in the talent. Like, I just think he's a good football player. He just got to figure the fumbling thing out. But what what's the ceiling, Linnell, for – like, what do you envision I don't know. I ceiling? feel like EB hasn't even used them properly. I don't know what – No one so has. Really, like we said the same as Scott. Like, it's so hard to go out and try to, like, criticize an offensive coordinator after you score 35 points in one week. But, like, week one was kind of a little bit shaky. Get these guys the ball in space. You have good athletes. That can break tackles. Like it's not, it's not even hey, about bro, being too sexy and try to run these route combos down the field, bro. Like, just get them the ball in space, bro. Get them a get them on a the screen. Like the quick game was like what they were feasting off of in camp. Like they were doing this a lot. And now it feels like they're like getting away from it. Like they do it to start the game. You notice it, like it's quick game, it's handoffs. I would love to see that for four quarters until a team stops us from getting first downs. Because you notice they haven't gone three and out in the first possession all year, have they? Uh, I don't think, I don't so. think so. First yeah, 15 is looking good. They're moving the ball in the first quarter every game. Even the yeah. Denver game, they move the ball in their opening drive. Like, but, do that stuff. Look, are y'all – I mean, I've talked about this on Twitter. Are y'all as disappointed as I am that my boy Jahan Dotson just not really involved in his office? I mean, he's barely clearing 20 yards, man. Like, this is pissing me off at this point, man. Like, when did you get this guy involved, you know? That's another thing um, with being a me. Now, it's not a criticism, but it's an observation. Let's put it this way. Like, his offense doesn't really feature anybody. And and that goes back to a, a Turner thing. Like, not a West Coast or Air Coriel thing, but, like, a Turner thing. Like, his offense didn't really feature anybody. Um, now, I do know, like, Dotson, Terry, and Logan, I believe, are the top three leaders in targets on the team, right? Even with Logan missing a game. But at the same time, like, how do you get situations where the ball is in their hand quickly? I like what uh, 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 Howell and Benemy did against the Broncos. Um, like, their second corner, I forgot his name, but he was, like, they were so scared of him getting beat deep. They had him playing 12 yards off the football. All right, so let me go ahead and give Terry a couple uh, quick passes, quick hitches, and some speed outs. Get him, give him the ball within five yards and let him make a play. And they were able to do that then. And, and maybe it does dictate per like per coverage, but there's also ways you can scheme him the football. Like you can give him the ball behind the line of scrimmage. You give him the ball in a motion behind the line of scrimmage. You can give him a ball uh, like a, a, a pop pass. Like you can find ways to give these guys the football, including I'm speaking of Jahan Dawson as well. Like there's ways to kind of feature these guys, and and that's just behind the line of scrimmage. Like you can you can find ways to give them a pick a pick play, get them in motion to, to give them a different a, a different look. It tests the, the defensive principles. Um, like there's so many different ways that you can probably try to figure that out. Uh, I would like, and, and I would have expected, and maybe because it's only week three, we'll have more time to figure this thing out. But I would have expected, like them to like evidently, like clearly be featured from week one, like and moving forward. That's kind of what I would expect. It. Can I be honest with y'all? And camp, and camp, it felt like the tight end was the one being featured. I remember you telling us that before. The now. tight end, I mean, Logan was getting all the all the balls, it felt like. And it was like, yeah, they were hooking up with Terry on a deep shot every now and then. But, like, a lot of it was going to the tight end. A lot of it was over the middle. A lot of it was working the corner route uh, toward this, like. So, it was, it was interesting. Like, in terms of, like, what the offense looks like now compared to what it was in camp, it's like he's not doing the same things, it feels like, almost. Mm. Like, it's not. They, they need to open it up. Like let and maybe it's maybe that's because Sam how they don't trust Sam, maybe it's that. But if that's they the keep case, dropping them back, <laughs> so well, you would think, right? So <laughs> right. I, I don't know. But yeah, like it's the big play. B Rob, and I, I say this like jokingly, but B Rob, the type of Southern cat that like let them keep not giving him the ball. He gonna run up there and clock somebody. <laughs> First <laughs> off, he look mad, bro. Every time he break a big run, he mad as shit. And yeah, I know he, I know yeah. he, I know he, he just you know he's not about to get it back. Moment, but it's like, bro, like he be like, bro, it, 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 the way he reacts is like, bro, I've been waiting for this since since the beginning of the game type shit. Like that's what his reactions look like. Yep. I feel that. I feel the exact same way, bro. They gotta get him the ball. 
And like, I, that's the thing that like, it was frustrating to me. It's not like, okay, you can have one negative run or one run of no gain and, and run it the next play. You know that, right? And I'm not saying go run, run, pass, but like just throughout the game, have a feel for it. There's no way the passing to running numbers should be as lopsided as they are in the first half. I said, man, they got a good chance. Now, granted, the, the the Eagles' defensive front is even better than Buffalo's. So, like, this that's going to be a challenge. But um, the enemy and company and that offensive line has – and Sam Howe, everybody on that offense have has an opportunity to really turn it or, or at least uh, uh, recover from, from what was a, a, a really bad game against the Buffalo Bills uh, in all, in all ass passes that you can think of. Um, fellas, let's close out with power rankings. We do this every week now. Um, I actually pulled up the, the previous week. So the average after week one, the Washington commanders were ranked 21st. Um, they were as high as 14, as low as 29. Uh, after week two, the win against the Broncos, they were as high as eighth. They were as low as 24th. Their average was 16. After their blowout loss against the Buffalo Bills, Let's go with Dre since he knows, um, or since he knows the, the the game plan with this. What is, what do you think the average is, and what do you think that they should be ranked? I'm gonna say the average is twenty three, and I think they should be ranked about twenty one. 23, 21. Okay. Linnell, what do you think the average uh, power ranking is? And, and, and granted, because I, I didn't explain this. No, uh, I, I, get I get it, though. I get it. Though. But this is like from like 12 different outlets that we do the average from Hogs Haven, by the way. Um, so, yeah, what do you think the average is and where do you think that they should be placed? I think the average, based on like some of the stuff I've already seen, I feel like the average is like 19. But then I feel like where they should be. <sighs> Is that like when they're playing their best football or like what they are? Nah, what no, right what now. you believe, yeah. Like you can see like what what is the company that they surround themselves with? Like thinking about like all, all the teams, like it can it can be it can be 25 around the, the I think the, they should be like around 15, 16, 16, 17, I think. Seventeen, eighteen. You know, I feel like if I if I don't talk, see, I heard you say nineteen. I feel like <laughs> I feel like if I don't say anything, bro, you was going you was going to fluctuate a little bit more. I was, I um, was. Okay, so Monsi says average is twenty eight, but he thinks that they should be around twenty. I don't think the average twenty eight. <laughs> yeah, I say the average. It was getting. It was everyone was jocking us last week, so yeah, I think, you gotta think I the average was. The average was what? What I say, nineteen? Whatever. I closed the tab, so I don't know. But they were they were under. The average was very low. It wasn't no twenty eight. Um. Anyway, the average this week is twenty. Um. So Monty got where he think they should be. He was on point with the average, or they were. That's where the average aligned. Um. But Washington was as high as fourteen, and as low as twenty eight. CBS Sports still has them 15th, though. Um, who is this? Prisco. He mentioned, oh, wow. But they he were top 10. Too. Yeah, but but Prisco had them ranked 8th. Eight. Eight. Yeah, last, week, right? last yeah. week. So he said, was that loss to the Bills, who the commanders really are as a team? Sam Howell looked bad. Um, four picks, nine times sack. Not a good sign. Um, let's see, where is ESPN? Okay, so ESPN had them at 12th last week. They dropped to 17th. That's respectable. Um, and and like seven point drop expect, expected. He said John Kime did. Sam Howe has been sacked NFL high 19 times, six more than any other quarterback. He's been pressured on 36% of his passes, fifth highest. This despite being blitzed only 20% of the time, second lowest. After a nine-sack game, Bills defender said that he noticed he holds the ball on, ball too long at times, but it extends beyond that. The line is not protected well enough. He's getting hit after throws, too. Oftentimes, it's a slower-developing play that leads to trouble with no receiver open or looking back at before he's sacked. Um, and those – I mean, there's some more notable networks. We should report 18th, Pro Football Network 19th, um, Athletic 20th, 
NFL.com 22, 33rd team 23. That's kind of where it goes down from there. So we kind of have an understanding of where we are as a team heading into week four against the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Linnell, man, appreciate you as always, bro. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's always a pleasure having you on, bro, and chopping it up. Commanders, man, I, I want to give you the floor again. I, I we, we did it just last week, but we do it with anytime somebody pop on, man. Let the people know where they can find you, hear from you, read, read, etc. All that stuff. I know you're doing your Georgetown stuff on Saturdays as well or weekends. Um, hold you hold got on. a lot going on, big dog. What, what Georgetown stuff you doing now? You know, I'm a big Georgetown fan. Oh, you're a Georgetown basketball fan, probably. I'm I'm oh, doing the charity. I'm doing the charity work of doing Georgetown football. <laughs> he said charity. Okay, though. gotcha. Just, all right. I'm about to say well, the way damn, they all right. The way, the way they paying this charity. And I hope somebody from the school will hear that shit, too. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, tomorrow, actually, I'm on, I'm on Team 980 tomorrow with Chris Russell. Uh, Wednesday and Thursday, 1 to 4 on Team 980. And then I'm on Sunday during the game, as always, with the Burgundy and Gold Game Day Live. And then we got the post game with. With the old, with the old fella, Doc Walker, man. I, I wonder what, how long? So y'all, somebody, I want to ask y'all this. And this is, I'm about to, I'm about to do some cutting room floor right now. What's up, bro? Y'all are people that have listened to the radio for a little while, right? Yeah. Hey. Working with Doc and listening to Doc is two different things. Let me tell you that. That's my man, now. <laughs> That's my man. Wait, we had Doc on here a long time ago. Doc, Doc, Doc was, was on man. here a while Doc, ago. No, Doc, Doc, is, Doc is my man, hundred grand. See, Doc, 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 Doc was very. I, I had to tell him like, Doc don't be playing with him, man. I, I, I think he's he's one of the most straight shooters that there are, bro. But uh, he's really cold. Like, he's Doc. his language is coded though, like, like yeah, in, in a really good way, like. Mm-hmm. Or you gotta play something back, be like, what are you talking about right here? And then he's like, oh, all right, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he be talking his shit, Doc. bro. Yeah. Now Doc, was, I mean, because Doc, Doc was with you know, Nell asked us about how long we've been listening. Shit, I've been. Paying attention to Doc when he was with B. Mitch and my my man Big John Thompson on nine eighty back. Yeah, there. like Doc is the mm-hmm. dude, man. Like yeah. I think I I don't I don't think he was on the preseason games this year, but I love him when he's doing the preseason game because the cliches and the coach speak he does, man. Yeah. Like Doc is the best at that, man. Yeah, Hey, but y'all know where to find him uh, tomorrow nine eighty team nine eighty. Um, Dre, we will be locked in on Thursday. I'm trying to get a guest on. With Philly, uh, Philly a little bit easier to get some guests on late, like late notice. Uh, man, prayers up for the for the Fed workers too, man. If y'all if y'all just tapping in, man, this is it's a big this a big this a big week for us. So, um, we're gonna see what's up in terms of uh, if if we working tomorrow. I mean, excuse me, working next week or not. So. We're gonna figure this thing out, but yeah, let's gonna wrap it up for us. Hey, that, I was gonna say, with the first, crazy. you know, me and all the government workers, man. If they cut us off, we might be doing trap and dive every day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro. Right after we ain't got shit else to do, the hell, bro. <laughs> hey, but we're gonna figure this thing out. That's gonna wrap it up for us. Y'all be safe, be easy, man. All 32 on tomorrow, 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we out here. Peace. Damn, set, huh? Watch him throw the ball. We gonna pick it up. You gonna let him hit the hole or you gonna cut it off? You gonna play through fourth and long or you gonna punt it off? Your defenders have you hit us, put your pads in. Don't be looking for the ref to throw no flags in. Keep the helmet on, keep the cleats tight. You the type to want to win by any means, right? You should look alive. This is Trap and Dive. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.